on Van Dyke Parks. And I, uh, how, what, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. I'm Van Dyke Parks, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, tempting fate. Put a question to the song Let's randomly select it With the help of our friend Synchronicity Welcome to the Radio 8 Ball Show Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andros Jones, here at the Monkey House in Berkeley, California, with our musical guest, engineer, and host, Ira Marlowe. Hey there. And Ira's songs are providing the oracle fodder for the questions that are coming from our guests. And now in the studio, we're joined by another one of his very, very talented and charismatic friends, Eric Saxby. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball. Thank you for having me. And, uh, well, uh, what do you, you were, before we came on air, you were, you, you seemed to have some thoughts and feelings about this format, this synchronistic format. But before we get into that, how do you know Ira? Uh, so I know Ira from playing here at the Monkey House. Um, three Drink Circus. Three Drink Circus. Yeah, I'm in a trio. Uh, we're local to the Bay Area. We play around different venues here. And uh, Ira was, um, I think, one of the, the first people who really hosted us as a band. Uh the three of us have been in different musical projects over the years, but this is probably the most like serious, I might say, uh, band that we've ever been in. And I think it's really taken us uh, a, a long way as musicians over the, probably the last five or six years. And um, Ira was one of the first uh, sort of venue hosts who sort of took a chance on us, and he's been very supportive of us. And they've been great, you know. You know, so it's, and I've, I've seen you guys grow and get better and better and tighter and tighter. And yeah, no, I, I love I, the new songs, and it's just yeah. No, I, I remember <clears throat> the first time we were here. It was like uh, we we uh, got on stage, and you're like, uh, you asked us if we needed anything, and we looked at you and said. I don't know. Do we need anything? Like, <laughs> great. There's these wonderful microphones in front of us. Uh, Those are called monitors. Yeah, You're yeah. supposed to hear yourself in Right. Yeah. So uh, with Three Drink Circus, are you all, is it three songwriters? Uh, yes, actually. Um, so we, a little bit of background, we mostly play sort of uh, folk Americana type things, but um, with a twist, a lot a of dark it's twist. a lot of it's dark. And uh, one of the things that I love about it is my two bandmates, uh, Amy Zing and Aislinn Harvey. Um, a lot of the songs come from a very like uh, women-centric point of view. So like uh, it's like murder ballads, but definitely from the woman's point of view. Um, and As in. Oh yeah, he doing... killed me. He killed me. <laughs> no, 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 no. no I'm... Definitely getting murdering back. <laughs> yeah, got it. In, okay. in the in the hands of, of both genders, it's good. Um, I've I've mostly been doing uh, arranging in musical backgrounds, but I, I actually would like to say that Ira has been a, a huge inspiration to me as well. 
um, as a songwriter trying to mm -hmm. uh, sort of break out of my my bubble. Mostly I'm the one um, sort of making sure that our songs are arranged differently and have have different musical under, underpinnings behind it. Um, particularly uh, since there's a lot of uh, ukulele. There's uh, my, I play ukulele and my bandmate plays ukulele and sometimes arranging songs so that two, two ooks can actually uh, come through is, is actually really challenging. Um, and then there's the saw. <laughs> and then the saw and the accordion. Uh, oh, wow. But, uh, but yeah, I would say, um, uh, I, I would actually say Ira has really inspired me well, to actually try so to nice write, to write songs myself. Just, oh, I'm so curious about the, so the instrumentation, two ooks, which I would say ukes, but I, ooks. I, I, I appreciate Proper you're the expert. I'm the yeah. Two ooks. <clears throat> it's a little bit hard to say, yeah. but two ooks and then a saw and yeah, and I switch back and forth between uh, one of one of one of the, the ukuleles and an accordion? the accordion. Yeah. Any other instrumentation? Um, Amy uh, also plays washboard, so she goes back and forth between sort of percussion and the saw. And um, so it's basically all stuff that in the coming apocalypse you could then repurpose. Oh yeah. To wash your clothes, build a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things ideally that can be found at a flea market for under five dollars. <laughs> uh, the accordion actually breaks that rule, but uh, ideally, well, I the accordion, accordion was yeah. meant to break rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or be broken. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's get into the musical divination here, Eric. What is your question for the Pop Oracle? And if you have any questions about this format, you know, you wouldn't be the the first or the last or the only. So, anything, anything, any questions this brings up for you, feel free to okay. Play them on. Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll jump into my question, and this is uh, maybe a little bit ambiguous, uh, hopefully not too rambling, but um, it's something that I've been really kind of facing uh, quite a bit at my, in, my, in my life recently, uh, and that's um, sort of where do the lines of acceptance and non-attachment overlap or sometimes contradict connection and empathy? Um, and really, in my life right now, this is going on because of um, some some grief. I won't really go into too much about that. But we have uh, my wife and I have a friend who's really not doing so well health wise, and uh, facing that with acceptance and love, but also a lot of sort of grief and anger that this could be happening to someone that we love, and sort of navigating that and how. How do you balance a sort of Buddhist idea of of acceptance while also accepting sort of self care and you know where when do you accept the grief and step into it and when do you step back? Got it. Well, now to engage the pop oracle on that question of when do you accept the grief and when do you step back? Yeah, as part of a sort of a Buddhist or a enlightenment path. Mm -hmm. So, well, now to engage the Pop Oracle, you, Eric Saxby, get to pick a card, any card. Pick a card, pick a card, call yourself a card. Pick a card, a, pick a card, pick a card, pick a card, pick a card, pick a card. Song number three from Ira Marlowe. Which is uh, 
Song number three, Vaudeville. Vaudeville. They're closing down Vaudeville. They've canceled the show. All of the ghosts in the ripped velvet seats have nowhere to go. The song wasn't over, the band was just getting in gear. They're closing down Vaudeville. Already here And the angels in the balconies Singing near my God to thee Circling over the stage But the dancers keep on dancing anyway Cause anyway it's just change. She used to be laughing. There used to be tears in her eyes. And now she feels nothing. She says it's all right And I hardly remember No, she wasn't the one The closing down Fordville It's already done And the angels in the balconies Singing near my God to thee Circling over the stage But the dancers keep on dancing anyway Cause anyway It's just change Just change. And that was Vaudeville from Ira Marlowe, the answer to Eric's question about the balance between attachment and non-attachment in the face of, uh, you know, tragedy striking, basically. So, uh, well, 
That was a really potent. If you were here in the room, you could see in our eyes that this has been, that was a very potent answer. But Ira, do you want to just tell us a little about the background of that song before we get into interpreting it? Um, This one, I, I was actually, this was a fairly old song. I was actually working on a novel, which is still, you know, languishing in a drawer somewhere. And, uh, it just had a line in it about vaudeville and velvet seats, and somehow it turned into a song, you know, about, you know, and I had, <clears throat> I was still, I think it was actually a couple years away from the end of a relationship with this amazing woman that, that didn't work out. And I think on some level, that's what it was also about, you know, as mm-hmm. much as anything. For those of you who are just experiencing Ira Marlowe's music for the first time through this, it's just the, that is a that's just ground zero. It's it's so deeply romantic and so uh, crushingly depressing. I don't know. I mean, but in the sweetest, like the most generous way. Like if you're going to have to have these feelings to put them in the world that you create musically is so, so beautiful. I mean, I'm just sitting here. It's such a weird thing, Ira, because doing this show, you can see I'm like stressed out about every little thing and I'm trying to be the host and be the authority on this. But then when the songs are playing, I'm just a raw nerve. And that song just gets me in this really, really emotional place. And I'm not even experiencing yeah, what yeah. you're talking about. So, so I think, Eric. I think that was... Probably the perfect answer yeah. that I could have gotten. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, there's there's very few people that I go to their show and know that very likely I might be crying through like <laughs> one song, and then you'll you'll bring it back and bring it up into something else to to you know not not just be depressing, but also to be heartfelt. There's there's a few songs that I can think of. I've never, I had, I've never heard that one before. That was really mm-hmm. wonderful. Thank you. But there's a, there's a couple songs that I can think of that just stick with me. Mm-hmm. That cool. same, that that same way. That it's not sad. It's not. It's not. It's unexpected. There's mm-hmm. a sort of unexpected feelings and unexpected things with your work, with your lyrics that I love. Well, it's very high makes me feel very good to hear that. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a big difference between depressing and giving you license to feel sad. Mm-hmm. Like feeling and expressing sadness, crying is not depressing. Yeah. Not feeling like right. you can <clears throat> you have a way to express what's inside of you and mm-hmm. feeling alone in that sadness is yeah. depressing. Yeah, so I, anyway, I'm, oh, go ahead. I was going to say I but going to your question. Yeah. Which is I mean it seemed like you're talking about preparing for a loss. Yeah. I mean, experiencing a loss right. in its slow motion. And having, trying to have hope. Right. And that's where that, that feeling of, you know, connection of, I don't, you know, not wanting to shut down and wanting to do some self-care, which requires stepping back, but also still being present through the entire thing is... I think really important, and I think that's that's something that I really loved about I mean, the song. I've really felt yeah, I felt that. Yeah, this song is so much about being right in the experience of losing something that is precious, mm-hmm. and to me, it's the great gift of art that you are able to, and a gift as an artist that you're able to take 
your loss and somehow through your artistry put it in a beautiful world, put it in a place where I'm, I'm sure on your own, like you said, it, there was a relationship that was being, it, it allowed you to mourn something that you were losing. And then what's left behind is this room that any one of us who's in the period of that loss can step into and be right in the, I mean, I don't want to say the heat of that, the wet of that moment, the, you know, the aching, te- crying, you know, that not even tears. I mean, yes, it elicits tears, but that peace that you were able to create through music, through harmony, mm-hmm. through, you, the, through your singing and your performance. And so, like, when you think about that process, that we're, I mean, everyone, we've sort of teased it out in the show, but everyone, to some degree, is experience, experiencing what you're experiencing mm-hmm. on some level, but you're yeah. right in the thick of it. You're right in the thick of it. And, uh, and so, if you can, if, I don't know if it was me, but if I could find that peace and that sense of, like, it's so hard, to, it's so easy to be enlightened when mm-hmm. someone else is losing right. something precious. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But when it's your precious thing, uh-huh. you also have to remember that there's your own pain and gnashing of teeth, and and and, yeah. and sometimes the the way you know is you have to go right through that pain. I was starting to say I heard this great interview with Sarah Silverman a couple of years ago, who apparently when she was a kid was on these massive doses of antidepressants put it put on by some mm. when she was like thirteen, mm. like enough to kill a moose. Right, you know, it's just amazing. You know. And because he kept because she kept making off color jokes yeah. about him, and you're like, oh, you're sick here. Yeah. <laughs> but they asked her, you know, so are you still on? A, what do you know? She says, I'm on a really low dose of something. I, you know, says, you know, I get depressed, and says, and when I do, I just. And she said, you know, I just listen to really sad music, which sort of pushes me across to the other side. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I actually saw that I sent her a song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, got, it got nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Every opportunity must be seized. You know? What song did you uh, send her? The one I was going to play and decided not to. That song, "Killing Time." Okay, about, about my my friend I lost. Well, you don't know. I mean, she's st- you know that's that's the great that's the great sad thing from uh, from our artist standpoint is that we really never get to like no matter how much someone tells you, oh, your music is great, you can't be in the room with them when your music is doing its job right. and you'll never get to really be like we never get to right. be there with them and when really know what it really in. works when the thing that we created does its job the way yeah. it was intended to and we just have to trust that i can tell you how much your record that tape that you sent to me back in 1990 or 91 how much that meant to me but you weren't there in the car with me now i was i mean no one else was really and if they were they were like, why are you playing? Like, Can you play something else? Yeah. I'm like, like, nope, like, that's how I listen to music. Once I get into something, we're gonna, I'm going to listen to it until it's listened out. I was joking about my father when I was asking, how many times can you listen to this, you know, <laughs> same side of a night at the opera? But <laughs> how many times have you heard that every great musician, like, they drive, everyone, they always drive people crazy with that, whether it's Brian Wilson or whatever. There's something about, I think, the artist, the songwriter does need to listen like it is in our dna that we need to when we find something that works i need to hear it over and over and over and over again like have you ever spent one of those nights where you'll just you have one song playing for like two three hours because i have had those nights and it, i wonder what my neighbors must think Interesting. like i'm not sure oh yeah yeah oh uh, i 
recently did that. Uh, just got the new Richard Thompson album. Oh and yeah, that's this. There's just such amazing things on there that it's just like, nope, I need to listen to that one more time. Yeah, and again, he's pretty good. And again, he's pretty good. And again, he's our one of one of the goal, one of the artists we dream of having on the show at some point. Well, is there anything else that you want to share about how that song related to your question? Just, I think even some of the things that we haven't talked about before, like I think the, with regard to connection is I feel that's one of the things that the, you you had mentioned synchronicity. And I think this was, there was a lot of synchronicity here because I feel a lot of, I feel a lot of connection in that song. There's just so much that it, for me to hold on to there. So, so, so thank you. Thank you, Ira. You know, I almost almost wonder, you're welcome. <laughs> but I almost wonder how much the, the level of synchronicity has, because that was to me by far the most like, oh my God, this is amazing, you know, yeah, connection, yeah. has to do with how much depth of feeling the question is asked. Absolutely. With, you know, I think it absolutely so, you know, does. Because, okay. you know, because when people, and some people came in and they said, oh, what's this thing? And they just sort of, it was much more sort of off the top of their head and much yeah. more just a sort of arbitrary thing rather than something you really wanted to know. Oh, really I believe, hear, absolutely. You know? That's what I always ask. It's like, just ask a question that you really want to know the answer to. I tell people, ask a selfish question. And, and I absolutely believe that the intention creates the experience. But the one thing, the, the sort of the mitigating factor for the, what say what I would say, the silly questions, but I don't feel like we've got any silly questions today. But for the listener, that might be so in alignment with something that's deep in their intention right. of wanting to know right. that even a trivial question, even a question asked trivially can be really potent for someone out there who's in that moment of experiencing that question. Um, that's certainly been my experience mm-hmm. for my, like listening to these a lot of times when I'm editing them, the question that I thought was really stupid and I was sitting there judging, I, that all comes back at me a hundred times like, stop, never judge right. because, <clears throat> oh my God, you're sitting here in tears over this question that you <laughs> that you didn't think was very right. good in the, in the well, moment. So. Well, that's that same thing of hearing a song and just latching onto it because, you know, there's so there's so many albums that I've listened to pretty much nonstop for maybe months at a time. And then I come back to a few years later and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah that was, that was good. I like yeah. it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have the same yeah. teeth in you. I, I'm just curious. One question. You're a performer. Mm-hmm. Is the person who is going through this experience, is, are they a performer as well? Oh yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he was, Definitely in the like late seventies, like punk scene in New York, and didn't not is not someone that you would you would recognize his name, but was there for all of it. Yeah, I was there yeah. for all of it, and you Those know are you, the you see him people, honestly. You, you see him on some stages on some like bootleg videos from from the seventies, and uh, and he's just a, a definitely an otherworldly figure. He mm. definitely is just affects people around around him and i actually know him through my through my wife they were very very good friends and uh then when i met him it was just sort of like yeah this is yep you're in my life now this is mm-hmm. this is it it's great when that happens when yeah. just- well i was just thinking about how with this song like it is about it's about the closing down of a performance space mm-hmm. and one of the things that i I don't know. It's like give people what you want. Mm-hmm. 
I I know that if I was if I felt like I my opportunity to express myself was winding down, yeah, that the people who were around me were going to keep that thing alive. We're going to learn my songs and mm-hmm. sing them, or they're going to, you know, whatever it is, so that there's this sense of what I've done will keep going and will live in the hearts and the the minds of the people who have been affected by it, and that they will then become the the ones who are out there singing like those old vaudeville songs. Like yeah. someone needs to be the Bing Crosby <laughs> to whoever the person who taught, you know, to the Billie Holiday, to the, you know, whoever it was be, at the, that maybe you didn't hear mm-hmm. that then you hear them later and that sends you back to that. So that's yeah. the other, the part that I would get is just like celebrating them like the great vaudeville talents who came before their voices could be recorded and the only reason we know who they are is because someone else sang their song and right. kept it alive or kept their act alive. Cop their style. Right. You know? Right. And then when they at some point say, Oh yeah, well I I learned that all from Blind Wallet Man- Mason or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Blind Wallet Mason. That's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> thank you very much. Cool. Eric, it's yeah. been great having you on the show. And we should get some 3D circuit. Yeah. Three, 3D, three, three ring circus three, music. Three, three drink. Three, yeah. I've been doing this. I've been just We've been, it's, these yeah. are long. Three drink for, for the end of the show. Cool. Yeah. Are there any records out there for us to look for? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. You're at the beginning of your career. This is true. Excellent. Well, we're, go- I'm, I tell you, people sometimes ask me, how do you get such famous and amazing people on your show? And usually it's because we got them on the show before they were famous and amazing. So I will, we will watch your your meteoric rise, your growth and evolution with great hopes. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio
Show.